You are listening to Behind the Horse's Eyes on the Illiterate Podcast Network. And welcome back to another episode of Behind the Horse's Eyes. Joining me this week, Nick Morris, Floshborg Honor, Jade as always, a.k.a. Marty Raver's bass player. And, uh, well, uh, our, uh, our derby picks got poo-pooed on by Churchill Downs. Let's just go ahead and say that. We, we all got poo-pooed on in some form or fashion. I, I couldn't think of another name for that episode other than don't poo-poo on my derby picks because that was said it. quite often. Churchill's like, that's I a loved threat. It. Yeah, Churchill Apparently. was like, Churchill was like, hold my mint julep. Ah, <laughs> uh, so if you pick mage and don't lie to us, um, congratulations. Um, we got shown. I had a, I had a, a lady that is a micro investor in mage. He is one of those horses, and she goes, I I, I bet on him. I'm an investor in him. You know, micro investor in him. Uh, that was my horse, and I kept telling everybody, you got to watch him, you got to watch him. And I'm like, yeah, but the thing is, is nobody's watched him because he hasn't really raced. <laughs> uh, but they learned us something. So for those that do not know, the Kentucky Derby went like this. Um, finishing first was Mage that none of us picked. I don't even think Flo had no notes on Mage. I think I yeah. had said, I don't know this horse. Nick, Nick, do you remember what you said about Mage? It was 50-50. Either he was going to kill it or he wasn't based on him only racing at Gulfstream. Yeah, well, if you picked heads, that coin hit heads yeah. then. Uh, Jade, I, I remember Jade just was like, um, yeah, I, did, I guess. He'll do it or he won't. Yeah. Uh, my guy, second, two fills. Uh, two fills, Two Phils is a unit. I said he was a unit. Two Phils had a great race. Um, three uh, Angel of Empire, uh, one that trip of everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it fair to say Angel of Am- Empire? If he had had a better day, would have just walked away with that race? Oh yeah. He, oh yeah. The way he ran. Yeah, yeah. He was. Belmont. Angel of Empire looked like the best horse on the track to me. Yeah. By far. He did. Um, Although I will say I was very like you just said, Nick, uh Derma Sodagate Soda Gake. He I was very impressed for a Japanese horse. He did extremely well. We're getting we're not there. gonna talk about the fourth place horse. We're just not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Disarm. Who? Uh, this is the one that Brian, I think you said that they can play you poo pooing on him. And motivate him to do well. I think that happened. So you can. I, I really do. Yeah. I, I think. I, I think that's what happened. Is who who trains that horse? Ask Anybody know? Uh. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh, <clears throat> apparently. Yeah. If anyone's a, gonna appara- do well, it's an Asmussen horse. Yeah. So maybe he's a listener. I don't know. That'd be cool. Hey, if you are, reach out to me. I'll get you on the show. Um. <laughs> but uh. And I, I don't know. Maybe play this in the horse's ears and go. This is this is what they think of you. <laughs> yeah, apparently it worked. Um, and in fifth place, hit show. 
another horse, uh, which was a Brad Cox horse. So we said we, yeah. You know, Meh. I mean, Meh. Uh, number six, uh, Flo's Love Affair and My Love Affair with Japanese Horses had a good show. Uh, Derma Sotogake. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. Uh, Hida. <sighs> okay, uh, Japanese trainer. We'll leave it at that. Hidaki something. I, Hidaki Otanashi. Hidaki Otanashi. Oda, there we go. There it is. Got it. Uh, yay. I did a thing. Uh, and seventh, Tap It Trice, which was really kind of a wow. You know, for how he ran, seventh is not bad. <laughs> no. He. For where? That's just, that's the kindest way of putting that, Flo. It's poo-poo on me, poo-poo on everything, <laughs> poo-poo on the start. I called it. Dishonor called on it. you, dishonor <laughs> on your family, dishonor well, on your we, we had all thought about this horse could have a, if this horse more than likely is going to have a bad start because this horse always has a bad start. But it's going to be how this horse recovers from that bad start. And the remember we said, an, jockey and horse have to be on the same page this horse didn't just have this. a bad start. He could not figure out if he wanted to play in the field with these horses or if he wanted to run <laughs> yeah. beside them. Listen, he, just, he, was, he was just relaxing in the starting gate. He's like, I'm going to take a nap Maybe here. Maybe he just That's wanted a You guys go ahead. He apparently, well, I so hope his pores are exfoliated is, nicely. Has anybody ever seen the Disney version of Secretariat? When Lucian Lauren is describing Secretariat, that's exactly what yeah. Tappet Trice did. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he leans back except, in the gate like, like he's in a hammock in the Caribbean. Yeah. Just, <laughs> except Secretariat won. Yeah. Yeah, that's well, the only difference. Tappet, there we go. If, if, we'll make that go. When we were talking about the Secretariat vibe, there's your Secretariat vibe. It was just in the gate. <laughs> uh, number and eight, one that we... Gate. Only in the gate. Yeah, only in the gate. There's no motor in that horse. That was a Volkswagen racing Ferraris. What's that TikTok? I know what's wrong with it. It ain't got no gas. It ain't got no gas. <laughs> I, I don't know what they're feeding. It does validate me because I had a lot of people shitting on me for saying that he was not going to do well on my video. And now I'm like, yes, I know something. Yeah, I know. We all poo-pooed on you. <laughs> I know something you don't know. Uh, number eight, um, Ray's Cane. I remember us talking a little about this horse, but not... I don't think we went into too much about Ray's cane. Mage has actually beat him before. I think he finished third behind Forte and Mage in one of the Gulfstream races. I think. I could be wrong. Uh, number nine. One of my favorite names this year. Rocket Can. Uh, because I'm firmly convinced that horse is going to go on and have a great career breeding quarter horses. And making rocket donkeys. Um... And guys, we're not being mean. We're just having a good time. We love all of these horses because we love yeah. racehorses. Like, we would own any of these guys. Like, in 100%. a heartbeat. Um, uh, coming in 10th, Confidence Game. Another kind of, like, and I know Confidence Game was kind of one of those we said could be a dark horse. So it's not shocking at 10, but deep down in my heart of hearts, I thought Confidence Game was going to have a better race. He should have. He should have. I don't think he liked the mud in his face, which is so strange, or the dirt in his face, because it wasn't mud. That changed on us, too. But, yeah. 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 
yeah, there we were a lot of change ups since we did our thing that night. Oh yeah, and well, we can't use yeah. the excuse of well, you know, they were running into slop because there was no nope. slop. There nope. was no slop. It was beautiful. He may have ran better yeah. if it was a slop. We never know. Probably. Maybe. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, in the 11th position, Sun Thunder. Again, another horse that we really didn't, you know, we didn't, it's a McPeak horse. We really didn't go too much into that, that horse. Uh... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Twelfth was a late addition from a scratch. Another Japanese horse, Mandarin Hero. This one broke my heart. Yeah, I thought he was going to do a I lot I thought he was going to do better than Dermis Odogake, so. It blew off yeah, what I thought. Uh, right? was Mandarin Hero was a late was a late addition due to a scratch, yeah, right? He's the one that finished second uh, to practical move in the Santa Anita Derby. Oh, wow. See, that yeah, I didn't know. that's why we liked him. Uh, number seven, another one that even though was kind of a longer shot, still kind of let me down. Uh, in the in the number thirteen, finishing thirteenth, reincarnate. Yeah, I just had a vibe that reincarnate was going to kind of be up there, maybe maybe paycheck or just right out of a paycheck. Not 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 okay. Uh, fourteen, a horse no one picked. Kings Barnes. Well, no, Nick says she knows somebody in that organization, so they picked uh, Kings Barnes. And then another King at 15, King Russell. Um, so, I am so proud this horse did not finish last. King Russell? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. Wow. Because he's the one that couldn't play so the allowance gallop- claimer. The owners of King Russell, I gallop one of their other horses and we were just so excited for them to go to the derby like they did not expect it but we were just so happy for them to go so i think they're just happy that the horse had a good like just went had a good trip and like had the experience it's a and he didn't it's a Raphael. was it bijarno horse um where are we at uh finishes 16th Verifying. Yeah. I think there's a reason for this. Honestly, his rail bump was really hard. And I'm surprised that we haven't seen anything about him being off after the fact. Because it was rough. It was rough. I think he's just a real tough horse. Yeah. You know, I'm looking through here and it's just like, uh, damn, Brad, save some horses for the rest of us. (laughs) You know. Uh, and then seventeenth, uh, Jace's Road. I, uh, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think that was the one that I said was my wild card horse, and you all gave yes, me just was. a blank stare. Did we poo pooed on you. that. No, I mean, well, I mean, obviously, you all weren't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the only thing uh, we were wrong about in this. Right. Yeah, I mean, all of our thing. picks just got shot to straight hell, my guy. In uh, 18th, Cyclone Mischief, uh, another late addition. Um, so, our scratches. Um, remember how I said in that last episode, folks, that what we said was liable to change because it it's horse racing. Um, we ended up with five scratches. I just love in how the derby. two of and my we were... horses scratched. 
two of my three top. Oh yeah, and then we were we were a horse down. We had a field of twenty, and uh, we had a late scratch. Um, Saturday morning. Yeah. So we ran with nineteen. Or did, was it 18 that we uh, ran with? Actually, no, we ran with 18. And I will say, yeah. I, say, I, thought, yeah. I really don't think that scratch actually impacted the results as much as some people would think. I think, really, this was just Mage's yeah. day. Oh, yeah. I want to um, believe. I don't I think. I want to believe it, that it did. I Deep in my heart, I'm like, Forte <laughs> would have won. But hmm, I don't. That Mage, well, we're not gonna. Ha- we're not going to have a Forte... Well, we're not going to have a Forte or a Tap at Trice in the Preakness. Or two Vils. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, or maybe two Vils. Maybe I'll have a better chance of picking something that does I d- well. I do like, and, and I don't know the reason, Nick, maybe you can maybe you can fill us in if you know a little more about this than we do. The reasoning they are giving is they believe that the race is too soon and they do not want to push Here's two Vils. Is, is that That's accurate? probably. I mean, I don't know the trainers, but if you don't have a, because he has a chance in that race, a Kentucky Derby winner, I really, and this sounds horrible, I don't see the need in whirling your horse back around in two weeks to do another Grid One. There's just nothing. Yeah. You've got a bunch of other fresh horses That's coming hard. in that you know let them have their chance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and that's so and hard to, on them. That's oh, so yeah. hard. Two um, weeks. That's oh. That's and you're crazy. And you're crazy to say Two Fills does not have a shot in that race. Two Fills ran an amazing well, derby. Well, something about the derby I think that we really should know, and I got all the notes for this right before we went live. You know, it was a tough Hell race. Yeah. You know, the final time in it was 201.57. And the only horses that that's been slower than has been Mandaloon, Authentic. So Mandaloon would have been Medina. Um, Authentic, Nyquist, I'll have another, Big Brown, Barbro, and Funny Side. Everyone else... It's faster than, and that's all those horses were pretty close together. So that's a hard race for them to go up. Mm-hmm. They were flying yes. at the half at 45 to that well, is blazing. Well, and the crazy thing is, is Nick and I had a conversation, I think the week before talking about how there really weren't any real speed horses. We thought in verifying race. came out and said, hold my beer. No lie. Yeah. Verifying oh, ran God. like his daddy that day. Yeah. He um, did. Overall, it was an amazing race. I mean, it's the Kentucky Derby. It's always an amazing race. It's, 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 always, it's a grade one race. Um, it's supposed to be the best of the best horses. And it might not just go your way all the time. It sure didn't go my way. Everybody laughed at me in the the pub I was in, but it was okay because I was standing on my stool screaming for two fills. But yeah, better than I did. So be, your horse got second, mine got third. That's okay. I mean, at at this point, I mean, it's just. I mean, when you're when when you're breaking it down like that, it's like just who's the better loser. <laughs> you know. I mean, if it makes you feel um, better, two of mine didn't even show up. So. <laughs> How did, how did you do, Jade, on your picks? Uh, not not well at all. That not that well stutter said everything. Well, and I mean, I I derbied pretty hard that day. Not yeah. gonna lie, or that after I derb I derbied hard that night. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Jade, I will say, I, I think I, 
I think What's I was that? so. Our derby party had What's that? a payout for second to last place and last place. So you would have made some money if you had played our game. Well, oh. <laughs> next time I'll do that instead of sitting in the basement drinking pre-made bottled mint julep. I remember I was so drunk, I just called Jade on the way home and was like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> and then I was like, let's do a live in 30 oh, minutes. Let's do a He's live. He's like, oh, hell, minutes. let's do it. I, and then I come out in the studio and I sat down and realized I am way too drunk for this. Yeah, I after about 15 minutes, I realized that I was just repeating the same thing over and over and over again. and you kept getting more and more comfortable. Like, if, if guys, if you did not catch this live, you missed you missed sexy man pose Jade because he kept getting farther and farther stretched out on that couch. It was it was great. <laughs> Ryan said, "I think it's time to sign off." I'm like, "I'm I'm good with that, buddy." Yeah, I just got the old finger in the air. Just. To... <laughs> oh man, um, good times. It, yeah. Um, so it was a strange derby. I bet you didn't know we had a merch store. That's right. We actually have merch. If you head on over to the description, the notes of this episode, there will be a link there to the merch store, and you can head on over to the Mediocre Horseman store. From there, we have socks, we have hoodies, we have tanks, we have tees, and there's new designs coming out all the time. And the special this month is the Feral Appalachia shirt. 100% of the proceeds of that shirt are going to help feral horses in Appalachia. And 50% of everything else that's sold in the store are, is also going to go help feral horses in Appalachia through Feral Aaron as part of the Appalachia Legacy Initiative. So click the link in the description, head on over there, get something, help out some amazing horses, some amazing people, and uh, help me feed my horses, for crying out loud. The term boots on the ground usually denotes that action is being taken, that something is being done, unless we're talking about Aaron O'Neill and the Appalachian Legacy Initiative. And quite literally, when we say boots on the ground, we mean her boots, as she is on the ground every day up in the mountains of Appalachia, working with horses that the world has basically forgotten. From mineral supplementation to medical care to rounding up bachelor stallions, it is Erin, her pickup truck, and her dogs doing 99% of the work. So when she accepted a partnership with this show, I was more than elated. And she's not paying me. I just want to help. This is how ingrained this subject is to me. As an ethnic Appalachian and a lover of horses, how could I not want to play some role in what's transpiring in Kentucky and West Virginia? So if you want to be part of the amazing work that Aaron's doing, there's going to be a link to the Appalachian Legacy Initiative in the show notes of this episode. And I invite everyone to go click it. Even if you don't donate... Just read a little bit of the work that she's doing, and you're going to gain a whole new appreciation for what it means to be a horseman. One of my most beloved sponsors has got to be Audible. I had an Audible account long before I thought about ever getting into podcasting. And Audible has an awesome gift for all of my listeners. And if you head over to audibletrial.com forward slash jryan, you're going to get a free audiobook on them and me. All you have to do is sign up for a free trial. And if you decide that Audible's not for you, and within 30 days, you can cancel. 
no harm, no file, you spend no money, and you get to keep that free audiobook. Audible has hundreds of thousands of books in their catalog, read by world-renowned narrators. From New York Times bestsellers to the classics, they're all on Audible. So again, head on over to audibletrial.com forward slash jryan and pick up your free audiobook today. I want to take this opportunity to talk about our latest partner here on Behind the Horse's Eyes, and that is Herd of Zebras. You can find them over at www.herd-of-zebras.com. And Herd of Zebras is more than just an equestrian lifestyle brand. It's a global community of just badass people who inspire others with their perseverance, grit, compassion, and authenticity. And what other people might call scars, whether it be physical or emotional, they call stripes. It's the experiences and the hardships that cause us to become stronger, kinder, and braver. Unlock all of that over at Herd of Zebras. I wear their shirts constantly. I was lucky enough for them to send me some swag. Um, I've done some promotional stuff for them. I'm going to tell you, I am sold. The quality of their products is is, is amazing. They're, all their products are printed here in the U.S., you're not going to find better people and people with a better message than Herd of Zebras. If you use the discount code JRyan at checkout over at Herd of Zebras, you're going to get 10% off of your order. All the info for that is going to be in the description of this episode. That's www.herd-of-zebras.com. Promo code JRyan for 10% off today. Yeah. Not not just because of seeing a, a horse like Mage win, which, again, congratulations to that whole organization. That's a fabulous horse. I look forward to watching that horse run, uh, the Preakness, and, and hopefully the Belmont. Um, and I say hopefully the Belmont because, holy hell, have we seen, like, the worst-case scenario for a lot of horses this week. Uh, we We lost seven horses. Uh, through all the festivities of Derby Weekend, all the other races, um, and one, was it one uh, that was slated to run in the Derby? Wild on Ice, yeah. Yeah. The Wild on yeah. Ice, yeah. Um, one was a paddock accident. Uh, two literally just dropped dead. Uh, and the others were uh, on-track injuries. One injury I, I saw... Uh, I believe it was a gray. I can't remember which horse that was. Um, got cut off. Uh, looked like might have got bumped a little bit. And then I saw the jockey pull that horse up immediately. Uh, and it was like, it almost looked like it was in the first or second furlong this happened. Um, and then they had said after that horse went by horse ambulance to Rude and Riddle. Uh, and then we found out later that horse was euthanized. So I know we all have thoughts, and I know we all have a lot of questions. I gotta ask questions. Nick. Yeah, have have you heard anything about any toxicology? I've been searching every day, scouring the interwebs, and I, I can't find anything. What I'm allowed to say, um, I will say, we were all expecting some sort of statement from Churchill that they were going to close down the track and reevaluate the surface, and that did not come. So. Like a Santa Anita type and, situation. You know, here's the thing. It may not be the surface. Do I think the turf track is screwed up right now? Absolutely. But when you have such a magnitude of fatalities, you need to do something. But because clearly something is not right. Yeah. Um, but I, 
if we were going to hear anything about the talks reports, I feel like we would have heard it by now. Um, those tend to go over fairly quickly. Um, but for the other horses, it, it's one of those, they are researching, you know, their injuries and taking note of everything. But I don't think it's going to be something that we hear anytime soon, especially with Churchill not closing mm. down. No, I know uh, from what I read, the University of Kentucky may not release their findings until Thursday of this week on yep. the first horses. Um, and then, but the internet, like the internet always does, just went wild with the worst conspiracy accusations you've ever heard. Now, some of the questions people are asking are, like Nick said, and these are not my words, these were Nick's words, were warranted. And some legitimate. are just. Yeah, they're very legitimate questions. And even that need with to be asked. the fatalities, but everything else that's come out since then, all of these questions need to be posed yeah. to racing. But I think people, oh yeah, when they have these questions, they don't actually seek legitimate sources. They typically find sources that are backed mm -hmm. by PETA or by animal rights activists, and they're going to read it on just, Mother Jones. And... You got to be careful about where you get your information, just like anything. Listen, I'm a Western guy. I grew up in the Western show ring and then went into what is considered a rodeo sport, but not in rodeo. <clears throat> and the same people that will be the first, well, this is why I no longer watch horse racing, will take their family to a rodeo and watch barrel racing all night. And I was a barrel racer, a male yeah. barrel racer that's straight, cis, whatever you want to dress me as. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm the guy your girlfriend said don't worry about. Um with that said, though, they're going to take their family and go watch that and, and root and go, man, look at those horses. <clears throat> I hate to tell you, but the, the, the fatalities there are a lot higher. Well, let's not forget about badminton. Yeah. And we, yeah. Can we just talk about, like, Stableview here in Aiken about a month ago had a horse euthanized after an injury? And, okay, I'm just – Stableview can come after me if they want. But I'm going to poo-poo on them a little bit because they released a statement afterwards. The only thing that they said was, anybody is welcome to walk our course. There's nothing wrong with it. And no condolences to the owners, no condolences to connections of the horse. And I, that is so callous that, to me. That's not regardless. the correct way to handle that. Yeah. If you want to make a statement, here's the statement I would have made. And I know exactly what you're talking about because it was we live in Aiken. That's news. Yeah. You know? It was big news. And <clears throat> the way you are the way you approach that is first and you know, you start at first and foremost, condolences to yeah, like, if I'm not mistaken, there was a person who also lost their life, correct? Um, that was in Florida. There was That was a, in Florida, okay. A young girl, um, Hannah, she did um during a show jumping accident. Um, and it wasn't going was over a jump. It was literally cantering away from a jump. Terrifying. That's usually it, when you least yeah. expect it. My my worst yeah. injuries came... My worst injuries on a horseback came... One of them literally came... My horse was standing there and then all of a sudden was out from under me. Yeah. You know? it, but the the way you, you... The way you... If you want to say something about that when you're stable view... Especially when you're stable view, first and right. foremost... Like, you're not, you know, Big Bubba's, uh, you know, Horse Tack Emporium and, and um, Farrier School on the side right. and livery. You know, <clears throat> this is Stableview. And the way you approach that is, first you give condolences. 
and then say, yeah. you know, we believe that the conditions of our course uh, are impeccable. We strive to for only the best. We will be looking into it, even if they don't and they know their course is great. Yeah. Say you're going to look into it. Yeah, it just the way <clears> they <throat> handled it. Just the way. And I'm not saying lie. You you can. You can send one of your guys out there but to walk the But unfortunately, you have to look at these <clears throat> almost PR responses that are within each individual in industries. Like with eventing itself, the standard for PR responses is not that great. Like there's hardly any accountability. Yeah, no, it's extremely callous. It's always something with the horse and rider because their courses are so technical. It could never be the course's fault. Yeah. Meanwhile, I mean, they're making more and more dangerous courses. There is a way to make the courses technical and challenging while also making them safe. But in the recent years, I'd say recent in the past 20 years in eventing from what I've seen, they just make them more dangerous and harder to ride. And it's unfair yep. questions. But. But so back back to back to our seven no no i love yeah. listen we like rabbit holes down here we can continue on down um but back to our seven horses you know the it was unfortunate that what we saw first of all is not par for the course for the racing industry whatsoever that is not par for the course for any racetrack that is not par for the course anywhere in the world when it comes to horse racing first and foremost so everybody get that out of your heads right now at home if you're playing along. Um, this was an anomaly. This is not normal. And this is why so many people within the industry have questions. What's going on? You know, and it could come out that, hey, this was just a lot of just really bad juju that hit all at once. But that many, minus the two that dropped dead... We still we still had five horses that were either died due to injury or were put down due to injury. Now understand one was a paddock injury. That horse flipped. But still, I mean but everybody out there with your tinfoil hat going, insurance insurance doesn't work that way. Insurance is incredibly I, uh, honestly, hard. <laughs> I know it's very difficult. It's very difficult to insure a racehorse. I don't know if people know this. Um it's incredibly difficult because of the nature of the sport. It is incredibly difficult to insure a racehorse as compared to a low-level so hunter or a low-level jumper. Like, I got to be honest. A broodmare, because I think that's relatively the closest thing you're going to get to that. Yeah. So kind of giving yeah. a story, there was a mare that was foaled out, that the foal was born deformed, and you had to do a C-section on her. The whole time, you're on the phone with insurance, okaying everything, approving everything. We had to wait 20 mm -hmm. minutes to put down the baby because of the deformities. And unfortunately, yeah. it's not as easy as people have read in various stories about this person killing for an right. insurance scam. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Well, usually, if somebody gets paid off like that, and again, I... We have zero proof on what I'm about to say. I'm not going on record saying this is how I feel. I am just saying there is proof that there was a misjudgment by an insurance agent or adjuster or whoever. Um, Ali Dar. 
that insurance representative that went out didn't even look at the horse from my understanding. This is what I have heard. Not going on record and saying that is what happened. Don't come after me, folks. Um, that doesn't happen anymore. I had somebody tell me, well, you know, when they get through with racehorses, when they're ready to retire them, they just euthanize them and collect insurance. I'm like, that is not how that works. That would be like taking grandma and doing assisted suicide and then saying, oops, she died, pay me. You can't it's, do that. Like, like all of us have said on social media, on different platforms, the jockey club is very serious about their aftercare because of the flack they have gotten 20 years ago and oh my god if somebody the, sent you want to you want to hear a ooh. funny story so i had someone comment on a it was an older video i did uh about a racehorse and i cannot remember which one it was it could have been ali dar it could have been you know anybody i've done a few i try not to step on nick in your toes and stuff uh when it comes to racehorses unless it's like a really inspiring story you know, I don't I don't do the pro full profile like I do with quarter horses or anything else, right? So I'm, I'm mindful of you guys. Your boys got you. Um, but not only that, but uh, I don't want to speak on something that I haven't experienced. Quarter horses, quarter horse racing, barrel horses, stuff like that. Those are horses I know. I've worked with those type of horses. Thoroughbreds are a new thing, which I've worked with thoroughbreds in the past, but into it like you guys are, this is new for me. Regardless, somebody made a comment and said, that uh something about you know oh they just use them up and then they just get thrown away look at the slaughterhouses and then the other side so i just started going over i do what nick does <clears throat> i knew the stats here and i knew three quarters of the horses that end up in slaughter are quarter horses or either grade or registered quarter horses um yeah. and then but if you in roughly twenty three thousand horses is mm -hmm. i think what went last year is what they're saying you can actually pull that up um, those are actual stats from the plants they have to report. So roughly 23,000 horses went. Um, but PETA said that there were 20,000 uh, racehorse foals born, and half of them went to slaughter. The math ain't math. Here's the thing on that. So... Just the amount of money. So with racehorses and bulls that are born, so we had 18,500 foals. Oh, God, here I go. Down my rabbit hole. We had 18,500 mm -hmm. foals projected for this year. And only about 60% of those are actually yeah. going to make it on the track. So that cuts your number quite yeah. a bit right there. Way down. And that's going to account for the horses of that crop that are going to be rehomed in the aftercare. They're going to go to the breeding shed. I mean, there's a bunch of different avenues that PETA just doesn't doesn't account for it, but cracks me up because they also will admit no. that quarter horses have two thirds. Oh yeah. So so then they they kept on going, <clears throat> kept on going. I said, well, you know, the uh, thoroughbred and the race industry. Jade, you're gonna love this part because then they just got they got the old old man. The amount of crow this person had to eat is not even funny. But they go, um, they go something about. Uh, what after I said, well, their aftercare is really it, it's the standard of aftercare in the racing industry is basically what everyone should strive for. It's the best of any equine industry, in my opinion. Um, quite honestly, they could be the best in any industry fact uh, because of the amount. I mean, they literally put money aside 
when you win a race, a portion of that money, I think, goes into aftercare. You know, what trainers and owners have to Herbert put money Africa into Alliance aftercare. Alone has made, you know, raised close to $30 million for aftercare. Yeah, for aftercare. Um, and there is incentive to make sure I mean, that you participate in this on the. Uh, name another industry that has a whole competition, a whole na nationwide competition for horses that retired from a different career. That is, you have, oh my goodness, like I, you don't yeah. have another one. You don't have another one. No. Mm -mm. So then, so then uh, they proceed to make a bunch of laugh emojis like I'm stupid. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. Ha! And then they tag me yep. in a rescues post, where where a rescue <laughs> did you see that? Where a rescue had rescued two uh, thoroughbreds who uh, they believe had been dumped by their trainer in Louisiana. And I said, you know, there's always going to be horses that fall through the cracks. And this rescue chimed in and said, we've already contacted. Um, uh, the um, Louisiana Thoroughbred Breeders Association. And I said, I'm sure they would love to speak to him. And they just did a little smile emoji and said, yeah. This person had to eat so much crow because they knew <laughs> they had just been proven wrong. Yeah, this trainer may have, and I don't, again, these horses could have been legitimately sold and they ended up third party and that happens. Like, you have no control. You can do everything you can. Yeah. We have all sold a horse and then realized down the road that that was probably not a great person. They really pulled the wool over our eyes. And that happens yeah. sometimes. But with that said, even this rescue piped up and said, oh, no, we're just going to contact the Breeders Association and make sure this person not allowed to breed. And, yeah, they want to talk to this yeah. person now. And I'm like, so now, now your rescue is backing up me with everything I just said. Um, so where does that leave you? And that's the problem. And that's why we are seeing now, granted, with what's going on and what happened at Churchill Downs, questions should be asked. People should be upset. Hell, I'm upset. We all, we yeah. all are upset. Yeah. It, it, it's more than a fluke. Here's it's not just a fluke. Yeah, I think when people engage but, in that type of interaction that you had, Ryan, is I think they often think racehorse. Mm -hmm. They don't think the support group that goes around a racehorse. Um, I had a conversation with someone no. that was discussing AI and thoroughbreds and whatever, and they kept talking about how there needs to be more public access to thoroughbreds. But unfortunately, we can't do that because there is so many of these other disciplines that let these horses fall through the cracks because they don't protect their own athletes. So it's just, it's so easy because racing has been the scapegoat for such a long time about this stuff that you think if you find a thoroughbred, it had to be dumped there by racing connections. It just, well, yeah. right. Meanwhile, it's never the racing connections. It's never, or not never, but hardly ever the racing connections. It's people that take them off the track. And I hate to admit it. It's usually people that don't know what they're getting into that maybe just don't have business with that specific type of horse that think they've got it. They've, they've trained horses before and all of a sudden the horse is dropping weight. The horse is not happy because it doesn't have a job anymore. It has been in a routine for the last four or five years of its life. And all of a sudden you put it in a field and you said, be a horse. And it's like, 
I don't know how to be a horse, so I'm going to cause problems. And all of a sudden, that's a walking vet bill. And people are like, you know what? 89 cents to the pound is just fine. And then people go, look, look, see? Thoroughbred jockey club doesn't care. And it's like, no. It's actually racing connections and the breeding connections. Because I personally had to help arrange. I didn't. We even own Icebox at this time. It was a baby that was bred the first year that he stood. We still raised money to get that baby out out of the auction. And I think they will purposely go around the racing connections because they don't want to admit their ego got in the way with the horse. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, you know, and then you've got some, they'll take one on and they have no business owning an off-the-track thoroughbred. Just like people will go adopt BLM Mustangs and they have no business adopting a BLM Mustang. They're and then they want to know. We're going to learn how- together. Yeah, we're going to learn together. And then all of a sudden this Mustang or this thoroughbred off the track has now been dumped at an auction because they don't know how to properly word a for sale ad on this horse. Uh, because, you know, them and Sparkle Farts was the first horse they've ever had together. Um, and now it's sitting at an auction and it's acting up because it doesn't know what's going on. It's been absolutely ruined by this person now it's acting a fool and guess who's left over at the end of the auction it so that it, that can happen you know i mean it, it's, i will say if you do come across a horse don't kill auction, it, and you get that tattoo make sure that you somehow notify the breeder whether it's an email uh, if you can get the phone number anything mm-hmm. like that I promise you those breeders are probably going to try and get that horse out of the auction. That's what we do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know that every single off the tracker that I've had, if I needed to contact the breeder and said, I cannot afford this horse anymore, can you please take it? They would either take the horse or find a safe place for them. I have yet to encounter a breeder or a trainer that will not do right by the horse. I have never encountered someone I can tell you this would not make sure. Yep, and I can tell you this right now. I love the AQHA. I used to show with the AQHA. I love the history of the AQHA. I love a lot of the breeding within the AQHA, but if you call the AQHA right now, they'd put you on hold and never pick the phone back up. My problem with the AQHA is they've allowed breeders to have this mindset, and I dealt with it in the comments, that the Quarter horses are in the auction are grade POSs. Almost not that they deserve to be there, but it's excusable that they're there. Yeah, it's no. Here's the thing. You know why? And I'm a firm believer. And again, I like quarter horses. Uh, they're not my breed of choice, but I like. I, I personally like them. Uh, my favorite flavor of quarter horses an appendix. It's just me though. Um, that's a unit, but. Um, you know why the American Quarter Horse is the most popular horse breed on the planet? Uh, it's it's because everyone can just breed one, or as many of them as they want. I was about to say you can't you can't accidentally make a jockey club registered thoroughbred. You mm-hmm. can't. And but as much as I love, do? as much as I love AI, it has it is going to be the demise uh, of the Quarter Horse. You know, genetically, you know, we've gone from it's it almost seems like every year the testing on quarter horses is getting more severe and more severe and more severe. And now you've got whole quarter horses that can't even be registered now. Uh, 
you know, because of failing five panels. But yet they're Which still I being don't bred. Disagree with. No, but they're still being bred, and they're being sold yeah, as no, grades, and people are still paying a premium for them. Folks, stop buying those horses. Well, and it's, let's be honest, the amount... Like, you seriously, there's people with HYPP positive horses that are sitting there trimmering as they're taking semen. And they're breeding that. And that's the problem with AI, at least coming out from a breeding standpoint with thoroughbreds. Is you know there was at one point where we had fifty thousand bulls every year. That was and it was next to impossible to find homes for them. Unfortunately, where we are now, we can at least sustain the homes for what we've got now. You throw AI at that, you are relying on people to be ethical with it and not to be greedy. And unfortunately, you can't make legislation assuming the best of people. Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't yeah. worked for anybody else. But, like, it's not even the quarter horse industry warm alone. Blood. Like, how many thoroughbred warm blood crosses? Yeah, I was about to say, how many crosses do we have in the warm blood industry that mm -hmm. are grade warm bloods? Because, yeah, daddy was a warm blood, mom was a thoroughbred that somebody got off the track, whatever. But they're not registered. They're. Th what happens to those horses? Because they're not registered. They're not doing anything. Eventually, they end up grade horses somewhere with somebody bad. And, like, it's... Now, I, I don't disagree with AI from a safety aspect for stallion and mare. However, mm -hmm. there's a big aspect to AI where it's you have no control and there's not enough... What's the word I'm looking for? There's not enough structure with AI and let's be honest, a lot of stallion owners are really greedy where, okay, you collect, you sell a thousand straws, $1,200 a piece, like, come on. And like, I will say, just... there are a lot of thoroughbred studs no, already it's... who will AI for crosses. I think a lot of people aren't aware of that, but yeah. I know Spendthrift, all of their oh, stallions yeah. are at a discounted rate for crossbreeding. Uh, my family does the same, a lot of people do. I think a lot of people just, yeah. I mean, he's, what, he's like 15000 for an AI, I'm pretty sure. Something like that. Yeah. They did it with the quarter horse racing mares. They made a bunch of appendixes, they and are, they just turned they two. They are killing it. Let's see Storm what they did, like, that way. I think his his whole last year they are. Like, was they... just AI for quarter horses. Mm-hmm. The, you know, but the, and again, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that tells anybody else what to do. Like, you know, like I'm a big, not my monkey, not my circus type person, but I gotta, this has a direct reflection and a, creates a, a lot bigger issue for an entire industry. Uh, and therefore it affects all of us. Um, man, just, you know, if you look through at, uh, you can, if you just look at, and, and, and I keep harkening back on quarter horses, because just the majority of the horses that you, you see when you go through Craigslist stud ads, um, and you look at, and some of these horses are just confirmational nightmares. They're blue roan, right. that's why they're breeding. Um, uh, you know, they, 
Uh, yeah, or yeah, it's a color. They're Cremello, or they're a, they're a Pally, uh, or they're a Blue Roan. Um, you know, a, a good example of that is there is a a certain, and won't go into too many details, but it's, there's a certain patterned Appaloosa floating around, and this horse has got all the icks you could imagine genetically. Stand for three years. <sighs> yeah. Like it, it has every 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 ick you test for. It's got, uh, but he's pretty. You don't even need to test for Appaloosa. That's ick number one. Yeah. You know, oh, how do people like that have a yeah, following? It, I will never know. You know, um, man, I just I am all for, and that's one thing I can praise, and I will praise the AQHA for, and that is register merit with. The appendix quarter horses um fresh blood is always good but you have so many people and they claim to be old school except they're not old school because old school would be give me the thoroughbreds they're some kind of in the middle school is what they are and they go, i go i think there's too much thoroughbred in there now and i'm like you do realize what your horse actually is you know your founding sire was like a 14 hand thoroughbred by the name of janus like, you know, also, I like to throw in their face all the time, too, that the horse that they consider, like, their their breed founding sire, not just the founding sire that, that started the quarter runners, was uh, was Gold Dust. Like, they want to talk about Gold Dust all the time. So Gold Dust was, he, he left Kentucky and went to Texas. <clears throat> he was foaled oh. in Vermont. He was a. He was a match racer from Vermont. That doesn't sound like Southern Quarter Runner to me. That sounds like a Morgan. So I just, I always like to rub that in. Oh, my quarter horse people are just seething right now. Listen, folks, I was a rocket donkey Wasn't jockey. There, right? I know my way around a quarter horse. I like quarter horses. as well. Uh, well, so... The AQHA Hall of Fame has several thoroughbreds in the Hall of Fame. Three Bars is uh, one that started. That's where Dot Bar comes from, and uh, well, and Impressive uh, is also in that line as well. And Impressive gave us uh, an ick called HYPP. Um, this is why I leave. Either for one he style, did, or guys. either just they didn't. All they had to do was not breed was to one mayor, stallion, and they're yeah. like, nah, I like him. Well, so it's, it was either from, and I can't remember which one goes back to three bars, if it was his mare or his, uh, his, his if it was his dam or his sire. Uh, but you got a lot of people that throw that up, and the first thing they want to throw up is, well, you know, uh, that horse goes back to three bars. Three bars gave it to us. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Three bars did not. Because look at how many horses go back to three. Everything from John Deere tractors to fence posts go back to three bars in the AQHA. And none of them's got the icky ick. So let's not even play this game. A genetic anomalies happen, folks. It's just, it comes, it happens. And when it happens, you, 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 you geld, geld that shit. Geld it. Don't keep breathing. You're done with it. You're done with it. Yeah, Impressive was a hell of a horse. A hell of a horse. No balls for you, though. Yeah. and no He can be a denying, hell of a horse. No one's denying that he was an amazing horse. Mm -hmm. We just Listen, think maybe don't breed to him. 
Nope. And y'all will go along with this too. Since we beat up on quarter horses, let's beat up on some thoroughbreds. There's some lines and thoroughbreds that need to be off with their balls due to break. I'm sorry if you have this horse in your pedigree or sorry. Stay away from unbridled song. You know who you're going to say. Unbridled song is one of those that, in my opinion, he should have lost his balls. And that's going to hurt some people, but. Can I can I give you another one? This might hurt some feelings too. If you've got raisin native three or four ruler. times in there, run away hard. And like get away from bold ruler. Reviewer, get away from her. Jade, you got any that you? You got any horses that just need their balls chopped off? Well, I mean, none that aren't gated. So I'm just keeping my mouth shut. You you all are speaking French to me right now. I yeah, grew up on gated horses. Allez-vous français? Even if didn't have a horse in the triple crown this year. I think there's a triple crown winner that should have been gelded. I think Justify should have been gelded. This is going to hurt. Shot. He is very Shots fired. Bring bring the soapbox out. Bring the soapbox (laughs) out. You know what? You get on the soapbox. I I need a beer. And was not sound in his races. And his movement, I, I don't know. I feel like if you, this, this is my soapbox for everything. If you can't stay sound throughout your racing career, what do you think you can contribute to the breed in terms of soundness and durability? I mean, there's, yeah. I'd agree. And it sucks because I love Scat Daddy. Scat Daddy is one of my all-time favorite stallions. I just don't think he's a good representation for that. No, there are yep. so many good scat daddy horses. I personally, Daddy Knows Best is one of my favorite, a California stallion. I have had quite a few horses by him, and I absolutely love him. And they're probably great representation don't break down. of scat daddy. Just I want extremely. a scat daddy filly just so I can call her daddy's little girl. <laughs> That's gonna hit your barstool <laughs> article next time. That that needs to be on the barstool article next time. Uh, th- that was a decent article, but I I could have named off the top of my head ten more names that were just way blew my mind. I was pot aos was not on, on there. Like I, I'm not gonna say patoo. So my stallion has Who? a mare named Fanny Box. Oh, it's icebox. What? Wait, what? What? What is, please tell me that's an Australian no, it, horse because it, that means so trend. much better. There. <laughs> it's just an icebox baby. I don't know why they <laughs> why they named her that. It's chill out. It's, Somebody it's killed a cat two, somewhere. <laughs> I just had like South Park flashbacks when Cartman's hat cats in heat. <laughs> no, kitty. <laughs> I, I'm going to run and pour another bourbon, then I'll have plenty to say about what we're talking about. Oh, oh, uh, we'll talk about gated horses while you're gone. But you know, and but actually, you know what? I will bring something up about gated horses, and it has to do with the racing industry as well. I call it the long shadow, and it's whenever anything happens, it doesn't matter what, what period in the past, that thought process becomes mainstream. That negativity. And no matter how good you do or how better you make it, 
the people that are involved in that industry live in that long shadow. You know, be it racehorses, be it Tennessee walkers, be it American saddlebreds, be it whatever it is. Those people live in the shadow of the people that came before them and did some pretty rotten crap. You know, and the racing industry suffers from that as well, in my opinion. And I always tell, you know, and usually when somebody's got a cockamamie thing they say, and I'm like, and well, it's not the 1970s the glory era. The 50s, 60s, and 70s is the epitome of what people think racing was. Yeah, well, and I'll be honest with you. When it comes to, in my opinion, super yeah. horses, the 70s, man, holy cow. But we may never see horses like we saw. But when you look at how they were, <laughs> they were making those horses, then we would look back and cringe. Even a horse's beloved the Secretariat. Oh my gosh, we would all wanted to throw That's punch like Lucian Lauren. I talked about with his training up to the Belmont. It worked for him. It was perfect for him. But if you do that today, I'm sorry, you're yeah. You're not running in the Belmont. The vet will probably scratch you. Find some sort of way to scratch you. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the the, the 73 Belmont's a fine example of... Um, oh. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and throw this out here. If it hadn't have been Secretariat, any other horse pushed like that would have literally had That's their right, heart everyone, explode. It's often called one of the most terrifying races to watch because you almost feel like, especially looking back on it now, you know it's Secretariat, so you know it's going to end well, but just the environment of it, ugh. Yeah. They did there a were pretty, a lot of people back then that were scared to death. Well, I'll be honest with you. They did a pretty good job in the Disney movie portraying Lucian and Penny in the stands, losing their mind watching that race. Because I'm pretty sure they were. Oh, I, I could only imagine seeing your horse push that hard and going, wow, we're going to have a breakdown. Well, that that, well, I mean, that jockey had already had one fall dead Ronnie. on him, so, you know. That that you really happened. And, that wasn't in the movie. He yeah, he really had I, one drop dead on him. I, I know everybody here has has probably seen this. The uh, when American Pharaoh won the Triple Crown, his race transposed over Secretariat's yeah, race, yeah. so you could yeah. just see what Secretariat was doing. I, I mean, I, I know that he, you know, that he won. How far he won and how fast he was going. And even then, I look at it, and I'm like, that's scary as shit. You know, and the crazy thing about Secretariat is the Secretariat was pushed. The, and I will I will go out there and say Secretariat was pushed. But Secretariat oh, was yeah. pushed the way he was. He didn't do was. that on his own. Um, and never really had any breakdowns. Um, he he would fight some abscess issues through his life. Um, but he never really had any lameness issues. Um, even until, like, until he died of founder. Well, yeah, but put down. yeah, but that's you know, and more than it, in his prime of right. I mean, he ran. But that's not real. Yeah, yeah. I've been dealing with my with my horse because laminitis is an end stage for what you deal with, and then with all the abscesses, mm -hmm. that makes sense why he'd struggle with that. It, Secretary that, it might have lived if he'd had some maggots. That. Had, had some maggots. Well, but you know, and that's the thing too, and that brings up that's a good segue too to another thing I see commenting all the time. And and Nick, you saw this on my video where somebody goes, It it is uh 
how did they put it, or cruel or whatever, uh, to put a horse down over a fixable injury. And I'm like, but yeah, fixable with good, you know, quality of life versus fixable with shit quality of life um, are two totally different things. And then they want to bring up the stupid horse with the prosthetic. And I hate to say stupid horse because awesome congratulations this horse has got a prosthetic do you know how many horses they've tried that on and they still had to euthanize because they end up with something like laminitis and another leg i, I was gonna say it, it goes from one thing to another and they take, didn't they euthanize that so? i think they did i think it was only like two or three years later yeah but if you let the public opinion rule and how I, long you keep I, a horse alive I'm, there's a whole lot more horse abuse going on that way by making the horse try and survive that it oh yeah Hate me, hate me all you want. You saw this on my live, and I think you agree with me. I would rather be a week Absolutely. early putting my horse down than a day late. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and you know, in, in my history, in the what well, that's a you, and you know, I brought that up to that person. I said, Did you not that? learn anything from watching Barbaro die? Now, Barbaro is a very complicated horrifying. story. I'm There's a lot going on regardless. in the Barbaro story. But, yeah. Looking back on that situation is a classic study on why these leg injuries can't work. Especially once you go in the back leg, oh my God. Yes. That's next to impossible yeah. to remedy itself. I had someone yeah. who was like, my three year old yeah. did, I think, popped his shin splint or something like that, and they didn't put her down, so they shouldn't be putting these horses down. People just have the fundamental misunderstanding yeah. on leg injuries. Right. Anatomy. And it's like, a shin splint, or let's. But like, in all honesty, looking back on the Barbara situation as an adult, mm-hmm. I am horrified, and I understand it was hard for them. It was hard for everybody. It is traumatic, but wow, what a disservice to that horse in the. Right now, thinking about it now, as we know what the consequences it's were. It's interesting to see Michael Matz's response oh God, to Barbara versus oh yeah. Jackson's response to Barbara's progress. Yeah, and that's I why I say people. that is such a complicated story because you have so many people saying, "Well, but there were there were prog- there was progress with the horse. well, it never should have got to the point where you had to wait for progress on the horse." In my personal opinion. Because the anybody with we a brain knew that the quality of life for that horse was going to be ass. And I know people firsthand well, we saw how that would walked. euthanize a dog mm-hmm. because they have to have its leg amputated, but are going right. to fight tooth and nail to keep this horse alive that you know can't stand on its own. Well, I give you another one, Ruffy. It was just and absolutely horrifying to watch the videos. And, and everyone, everyone wants to bring up eight minutes. bells. Eight bells was handled correctly. The thing is, with yeah, Ruffian and was, with Barbara, was you're traumatic. getting a lot of public opinion that just doesn't understand. And I do think if Ruffian did that in any other race that was mm-hmm. not a televised match race, she probably would have been put down right there then and there. But when you had the public so heavily watching you and then shitting on you for putting down a horse after injuries, of course, is going to sway some people on how quickly they want to respond to something like that. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, just... And I'd like to think that part of the deal with Barbaro was the court yeah. of public opinion were against them to try something. Because I have no doubt that they didn't love the horse. Come on, though. Like, if you... You got to... You got... And I, I call it detaching, and that's probably the wrong word. You don't want to detach. But you've got to do right by that animal. You know, when you... Their horses are not people. They don't think or feel or anything like we do. They are prey animals, and that's why it's up to us to keep them safe and do what's best for them. And you know, when an animal like that has an injury and zero quality of life, they no longer want to live. They no longer you want know, to thrive. So much of movies and TV and stuff has anthropomorphized horses yeah. so much you know that there, there's nothing that you can say or do from a reasonable perspective that is going to change people's minds mm -hmm. you know and and i'm i've been watching you know i still follow along with this guy doing the cross country ride and everybody and their brother he got, him a, he got him a pack horse did he, you see yeah yeah he it, it's lame too but anyway, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, following along, I, I'm seeing people left and right. We, we need to legislate this. We need to get, you know, we need legislation in place. And, and I keep saying it, and it makes people mad. That's a slippery damn slope to go down. When you, if you're a horse person and you're saying we need legislation, it's all dependent ooh, on their understanding. You better watch it, and, and you better watch it close. Control officers have no experience with horses yeah no they're no. not that's what and <laughs> homeboy cross-country guy had and you saw that and i'm sitting there going listen uh billy bob there doesn't really know which end grass comes in and the shit you can't give away he comes just, out of he just went and noosed a dog in somebody's backyard that that's, wouldn't leave yeah he just got a he just got a cat out of a sewer he's a yeah uh, and and now he's all of a sudden he's a he's a He's an equine anatomy expert, folks. Hey, and he was yeah. able he was able to take a horse and give it a full workover while tacked. Amazing. Fully I've tacked. never seen that done before. Looks good to me, Wild. he said. Wild. <laughs> Holy cow. Anyway, Flo, you were going to say something earlier when I was talking yeah, so about... I just, I just want to say like about the whole Barbro situation, quality of life, all of that. We're looking at it through the perspective hindsight's twenty twenty. I I know they did the best they can and they tried. Like it's not like yes, should it have been prolonged that long? Absolutely not. Like that was we all know now how it ended and how it was going to end the whole time. But they tried and like they tried for the horse and looking back we can say they should have done this and this and this and in those situations it, you just don't know until it's over and unfortunately like i just don't want to poop -poo no. on the connections because they really did try their best it no. wasn't well it wasn't and you could almost that got in the way no and you could almost say the same with with ruffian to an extent the first surgery was tried when she woke up 
that first surgery was then compounded by the severity of, of her reaction to anesthesia. And then euthanasia was, she's not going to go through another but, surgery. We're going to do this. Yeah. So, yeah, we're and not poo-pooing on, on that. Yeah, and at the same time, unfortunately, without having to go through that, we wouldn't have the medical advances we have now. Like you said, Nick, we have gotten so many veterinary advances for horses because of the racing industry. Make no Listen, mistake, with, it is because of racehorses. Without Ruffian, we would not have um, uh, we would not have the pools that we have for horses right. coming out of anesthesia and stuff. Like uh, with Barbaro, how much money through that um, that charity that they set up? Going to research things like, like laminitis. Entire school right? around it, thanks to Barbara. Yeah, and as horrible as these things were, there's some positive. You know, and a good example of all of this is the most advances in technology and science and everything. You know where they come out of? Catastrophic events. That's, things like wars. Now, I'm not saying that we should be okay with just catastrophic events happening to horses all the time so we can have advancement. But there are positives that did come out of these things. You know, uh, Barbaro and Ruffian are horrible stories. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. I But I will stand here today and say they were both taken too far. But hindsight is twenty twenty. I have the luxury of looking at that as a past event with everything I know now. They didn't have that luxury then. And and, uh, what bothers me, you know, how much, you know, the amount of public perception that goes into them extending, you know, that time frame, pushing. Let's let's try this. Let's 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 do this. It's it's torture. Well, you know, you brought up something a minute ago, and you're talking about it should be legislated. And I'm like every other horse person. First of all, I don't trust the government with anything anyway, no matter who's in no. office or who is there. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the government at all. You can keep your red, you can keep your blue. I don't care. This is not a politics podcast, but there's where I stand. Um, with that said, we already have animal cruelty laws on the books. There should be an extension of that, especially for things like, and everybody, hold your breath, because somebody, somebody's granny is about to pass out and go, oh, Lord, he said it. When it comes to things like rescues that keep 30-year-old horses alive, surgery after surgery after surgery to make money off of them, Force feeding them because they've lost every um, tooth. In that should, at that point, become animal cruelty. Absolutely. Yes. That is yes. animal cruelty. That, the 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 legislation end of it bugs me to to no end because you know my my background was in zoology. I worked in a zoo for a, for a good period of time. And, and Marty Rayburn's bass e- player. <laughs> and and I kept exotic venomous snakes at that time. Well. The uh, somebody on the other end of the state, <laughs> somebody on the other end of the state had a pet monkey in their car that jumped out of the car and bit a McDonald's drive-through employee on the hand. That's yeah. not funny, but it's funny. It's, it's no, it's it's Does funny as shit. Whenever you think Florida about man? it, was yeah, was this in Florida? This is Florida man. This is this is Kentucky man or Kentucky very, woman. Very similar, but the. The product so what, they're smoking hey, is more pure up in Kentucky. 
So so what do they do? <laughs> Nixon they, baby. So so what do they do? They ban exotics across the board. Knee jerk. Knee jerk. That's what I get afraid of whenever I start seeing, you know, people talking. Well, you know, everything that happened at the Derby that you know we 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 need to we need to talk to our representatives to and they can't, uh, they can't to, to, to do something to do something. You know that that's where you get that kind of stuff. No, and here's the thing: you no. already have you have the fewer, probably fewer injuries and death in horse racing than you do any other equine sport, and the testing. And the screening, now, and none of that are in them other wise, sports. We would be the last one to be but you're okay yeah. with taking yeah. your kid to rodeo tonight? People, yeah. people have such a problem with the horse racing industry, for example, yet will turn a blind eye to all these horses on these strip mines in Pike County that are starving to death. Except for because one they're person. Majestic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because they're majestic wild animals. They're not. They're feral horses that no. are starving to death in strip mines. I mean, and, and I've seen it. You know, when my wife was in med school. You know, I I, I saw more of those horses than I care to. Aaron, and none of them. Aaron, you none can just, of them. You can just go out and look at Aaron's content and the amount of dead horses she finds. Like that foal she just took recently. Yeah. And I know at at some point she was probably thinking, you know, this is expensive. There's a lot of other horses we could take care of for this. So instead of just going out there and, you know, taking money from other horses, she goes, we're going to save this horse, but we're going to need you guys to help us do this. And, and that's yeah. the thing. Yep. People will open their wallets and their bank accounts but, to and, save and that horse. And save that horse. And I'm not saying Aaron did anything wrong. I there. had to go fund me for uh, you're, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to get mad. So I'm right there with this. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, and we're not and saying there's any, anything wrong with that, uh, no, because no, that hey, horse. What Aaron is doing, yeah. What they, Aaron is doing, I'm a hundred percent behind. But like your horse exploiting. and Aaron's horse, the horse that Aaron just grabbed, all those horses. That's right. You were not exploiting those horses, and those horses, yeah, had a fighting chance with the outcome being a good quality of life. I see people Absolutely. all the time begging for money and taking in thousands and thousands of dollars on horses just so they'll be slightly less than three-legged lame. And, here's the yeah. thing. and to me, that's and cruelty. And here's the thing. A little bit less in pain than they already are. And rescues and all these issues with them. It's also important to acknowledge that we do have issues in racing as well. I think the biggest thing I encourage people is if you're going to have an issue with an industry, yeah. one research it make sure it's a legitimate issue so you are not wasting your energy on something that has already been taken care of but two hey don't point at me but like two, that you just have to make <laughs> sure that you hold all disciplines and rescues and stuff to the same standard Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was just about to say yeah. my particular, you know, and I love, um, I love the barrel industry for those that do it the right way, and there's a lot of them that do, and usually the ones that that don't are the ones that always get the spotlight cast on them. It's like any other industry. Um, but one thing I can say is coming up in that industry is, you know, 
in the bylaws, you know, in the NBHA, it says that, you know, you can't run a horse that's visibly lame, and you can't run a horse for this, and you can't run a horse for that. And there's all but these Ryan, rules. How but many times, how many times have you had to do a jog I'm, before your race? I'm getting there. Uh, not once. Just not saying. once. I'm just saying. And And in my opinion, these rules that are imposed on the racing industry should be at it should be on every horse across the board across the board that is active in sport listen endurance you look at endurance endurance they have to actually have a vet there checking their horse's vitals they if your Every horse so has a often. high resting heart endurance. rate you might as well not even take that horse and and do endurance it's all yeah. throughout and not just at the end at stages throughout at stages. more than one more than one yeah you know there's you know the uh, the mbha holds the right to drug test horses if they are under suspicion i think horses should be randomly drug tested regard they might not they might not can afford to drug test every horse that's there but random drug you know, tests should also be a thing so i'm going to poo poo on yusef real quick um because <laughs> I, <laughs> Listen, I like to go to the Kentucky Horse Park a lot, so you calm down. Any anytime she says I'm gonna poo poo on this, I know it's their, their office is there. Yeah, so I'm gonna poo poo on Yusef for a little bit. Um and people can poo poo on me all they want. I'm a pro with Yusef. Um but let's talk about every single Yusef horse show. I have to pay a drug fee. Pay a drug fee. You know how many times my horses have been tested? Zero. Now I don't I, my horses are not on drugs. Um, that's why I'm out there um, just trying my best to stay on. Um, but you're going to charge me mm -hmm. for a drug fee to drug test horses and then not drug test them. Meanwhile, I go over to Bruce's field and I see horses getting lunch for 45 minutes before their round. Talk to me about the animal welfare activists in the horse racing industry. Okay, yeah, would I like to see more horse race horses get turnout time? Sure, yeah, but you know what you're not doing? Lunging them into the ground before they go no, to work. No, but here's why the activists are all on horse racing. It's because, because they don't know shit about horses and they're just going off what they're told. About racing that I think all of us on here have talked about, but it's, when you're focusing well, on the yeah. wrong issues, absolutely, then you're never going to get the right solution. No. Every industry that all of us are in, no matter how unique or different they are and whatever spectrum of the equine world, has all got problems and they're and and we can't stand them. They're big glaring problems. But my problems aren't under the spotlight. Jade's problems aren't under the spotlight. Flo's problems aren't under the spotlight. But you know what's under the spotlight? Nick. And Nick's family yeah. for breeding thoroughbreds to race. All of our horses that we've And you've done nothing wrong. All of our horses that we've raised. You, you've done nothing but right. Through. That's right. Most of them didn't yeah. start till halfway through the three-year-old gear. They're all retired in our field. And we keep track of all of our stallions' babies, which most people don't do. That's just... But you kind of... But, yeah. but you kind of have to realize... But you're them evil race people. You have that assumed responsibility. But let's, 
And unfortunately, you have to hold yourself that much more higher and make sure you do everything right. It's like, yeah. But not everybody has got that memo. And, and I've seen it in my industry and everything else, too, is I've always lived by this philosophy, is if you hold yourself in the utmost of standards when it comes to these horses and your industry, whatever, if the rules are set here, you be here, okay? And you don't know because how so many people money. who and just thrive on skirting everything you know and I, there was some gal and I, I wish i'd remember her name i'd just put her ass on blast because she's nobody and she's a she's a rocket donkey jockey like i was I, i'll tell you to your face you're fucking nobody and uh you know easy there donnie baker well i mean her name is all over the internet and i can't remember what it is i looked her up ain't one shit uh i got i got more hardware than you do sister the uh I'll throw that the fuck out there. I don't care. I'm angry. I've had a couple of beers, so I'm about to get on my soapbox. <laughs> I was going to say, She had the audacity to know that she it. goes, she had the audacity to say, well, I know veterinarians and trainers. I know the veterinarians that are mixing the drugs, and I know the trainers are giving to them, and they're all doing it. And I said, all? I don't know about all. Hey. I said, but I'm pretty sure. Thing. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Yeah. And that I was thing. like, listen, I was like, if you know this info, That's drop a dime. Like be the hero or I just be an ass. People, I have a lot of people that come on my But nine times out of ten, like, she well, didn't know shit. And I've seen that on the track. My question is, if you've seen that, why did you not report that? You're part of the issue. You're completely If you're not reporting it, you are part yeah. of the problem. Right. But here's the thing. Exactly. The reason they're not reporting it is because they ain't seen shit. You know, and that's like this gal. She's got a great photographer, by the way. Really makes her look good. You know, with with yeah, with her Martha Josie bit, just snatching the fuck out of her horse's mouth. Congrats! I had a one D horse at no time that I ever had to rip its fucking mouth open. God, I need to just. This is going to be an explicit episode because of my mouth. That that's that's what I like about my little marsh tacky horses. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Nobody pays attention. And I don't do anything bad with my horses. But I'm not under this because it's not a well-known horse or breed of horse. Nobody sees it. No. So, well, I mean, there's, a, there's a picture floating around of me on the internet uh, at a, uh, it, it was actually, it was a practice. Um, and somebody else was on my horse and I had Tater Mare there. Tater Mare is not a barrel horse. <laughs> But Tater Mare knows the pattern because Tater Mare is going to tote my ass around one if I ask her to, right? Um, and if you and uh, you know if you look at that picture and you look at where my head is and you look where Tater Mare's head is, guess who's on the same page? So I don't have to rip her mouth open. Me and Tater Mare. So if Tater Mare can do it, then you know Colonel Freckle Sparkle Fart should be able to. Specify going into forward because I feel like people might look us up. Um, we're not like a standout breeder or anything like that. We're pretty run of the mill, but unfortunately having different experiences and being around people who have been at the top, you're going to learn some things that maybe unless you haven't been around them, you may not know. So we're, it's not, I'm not like a barrel racing rival over there that talks a bunch of shit and whatever. No. Hey, well, I, I want to give a plug too. 
because I had not met, knew nothing about Nick until we did our pre-derby episode. Nick's an entire unit. I don't know if you know that. She, she, hey, awesome. And before we leave Kentucky for South Carolina, I will have an off-the-track thoroughbred. I there will be go. taking one down there. Also, because I love, I love that content. Also, love Jay it. and I both saw that picture you posted I in really the gym the other day, and we come to the same conclusion: you could beat our ass. At the both of us at the same time. Now, I'm I'm five five and a buck forty. You could take me. I'm nothing but beer belly. Yeah, I could I climb Jade like a spider monkey. So I know you got it. So if I don't do that, you will just tear off. And I could hold him up. There you go. I, I look like a I look like a pissed ant on a watermelon riding Donald. It was awesome. Those pictures of me. I was gonna. Those, I'm not got, gonna go there. Me holding Donald in hand, like Flo took a couple of pictures of me, and like I like I, I sent them to to uh, I think I sent them to her to zebras. I don't I don't think I did. Uh, I think I showed her one, and she's like, no, because Love I was it. so tiny next to this horse. Oh my like, God. To get me in, you would have had to crop Donnie's head off. <laughs> so I was wondering why they didn't post them, and I was like, "Oh, poor Donald, he got cut." Like I was thinking, "Oh, they didn't like him." No, they they didn't like me standing next to Donald. When when we did our live that night, I remember one thing that came up. We were talking about herd of zebras stuff, and I said, "You know what? I really want. I I, I would love to see a shirt that says." Tackies and tequila, and Ryan says, "You're only gonna have like eight people. You have like eight people buy that shirt." (laughs) There you go. Well, you know what? I told him. I said, "That's what you call. That's what you call a limited run." You know what we do? We we sweet talk Forrest right now, and I know I know Forrest listens because Forrest is one of my good friends. Forrest, we do a limited run, tackies and tequila, because everybody owns a Mars tacky will pound tequila. Listen, I've been to one of their fundraisers. Holy hell. <laughs> Flo is pounding tequila right now, it looks like. And uh <laughs> you'll have and and, and 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 red ass. Does that say red ass? That's red ass. That's what as a matter of fact, it does. And uh, she's, she's, she's like, I gotta get her. Do drink. a limited run. It is, and the proceeds go to wine, the uh, Carolina Marstacki Association. Not all of them, but a portion. Hey, they Come do on, that. Forrest. I will. I will buy four. I'll buy a right case. now for every I'll, member of my family. Oh my I'll buy Even my seven-year-old son will wear a tackies and tequila shirt. Tequila. Oh, yeah, I got a thoroughbred saying tequila shirt. Even I don't like tequila. Tequila is more like a, a drug than an alcohol. It I makes my head feel like it detaches from my body, and I look down on myself. You know? Yeah, it's, it, it. I feel tequila. Tequila. Tequila is straight up. I mean, there's like you know, acid, mushrooms, and then Ew. tequila. Look, yeah, it, it does weird <laughs> shit to me, man. You know, initially I was really disappointed in myself that night of Derby. Um. You know, I was hitting the mint juleps pretty hard. And at like one o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I went and yacked. But I lucked out. There is a stomach bug going around my kid's school, and both of my kids were sick the next morning. Uh huh. So is that so what I'm we're, blaming it on that? Is that what we're going with? We're not going with the Evan Williams or. Nope. Okay. I'm going with the stomach bug. 
That's lightweight. Fair. I'm just waiting for like a shirt from Herd of Zebras that's like vodka and something because then, then I've got it. Like you hear that for Is there any horse that... breed? Is there a breed that starts with a V? Uh, I've got my horse breed encyclopedia right here. Uh, you guys chit chat. I'll There's grab that. this West thing. We'll find a horse breed feet. that starts with V. <laughs> I probably can't pronounce <laughs> it. It's probably some. Sh and and here's my question: Has there ever been a something for zebras shirt from her to zebras? Uh, yeah, she does. Is there an alcohol that starts with a Z? I don't know. Do you have an alcohol encyclopedia up there next to that one? I, I need, I, you know, I used to have a. Zinfandel. A, a, that sounds like. There you what go. is it? Zinfandel. Zebras and Zinfandel. Ah. That sounds like a prescription. <laughs> that sounds that's like a, a horrible That's a wine, time. isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that a it's, wine? It's a type yeah. of wine. My wife would wear that shirt. Gosh, look at this rabbit hole. Zebras and Zinfandel. I'll. I'll Nope. Uh, Horse breeds in my book stop at W. Well, Breed. there Never you have it. it Let's see how many. Exist. How many people? How many people own one of those? Though. I'm gonna go with <laughs> guarantee. <Martini>. I bet <laughs> the registry is with the, the with the livestock conservancy. <laughs> Herd of zebras. I apologize. Uh, Forrest is going. You know what, Ryan? You, that code that you got, I'm taking that away. <laughs> I will. I will. Do it. Use use code J Ryan when you make that order. You get ten percent off. That goes for everybody. If you go ahead and over to herd of zebras dot com, use the code J Ryan. You're gonna get ten percent off your order. Tell Forrest I sent you, and then she'll probably shoot me a snap. There are one hundred and thirty Virginia wow, you sold something. Hey, if nothing else, I just led an awesome segue. Uh, do do I a think? Virginia Highlander? Yep. One hundred thirty shirts right there. So so okay, what is the what is a what's a Virginia? Yeah, Highlander? What's, all right, we're going down this rabbit hole now. What the hell is a Virginia Highlander? And a Welsh pony. <laughs> and then they added in Morgan's. Ooh, this might be fun. Saddlebred Hackney. Okay. This might be fun. I don't hate so this so far. Um, I don't hate this. They have two stallions. I Whoa. hate it. 20 mares. <laughs> I hate it. According Ooh. to 2000 or in the Ooh. 90s. Where are they at? I, I'm, 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 you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going He's on, on board. I'm on, I'm on board. What does it look like? I gotta be honest. That sounds more like a West Sun's Virginia Highlander. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> See the. Yeah. I really wow. like that because when I lived in Pike County, I lived so it's, close it's to like West Virginia. Eleven hands. So I know exactly where you're like coming from right now. I used to. Okay, my. Oh, bad. that's so, like that's like my little gray mare, but she's Welsh and Perkerman. Muscular bodies with fine, short-sized head from the Welsh pony. Expressive eyes are set wide. And then they get 13 to 14 hands. And they're around 800 pounds. From the Arabian? So. Expressive eyes? 800 pounds. Why is, why is Nick the one reading this whenever you had the horse encyclopedia out? Because it's not in my book. 
It, oh, that's right. My horse, it stopped like at, six, uh, was it Wykopsky? That's crazy. Yeah. One, two, three. I'm calling bullshit. Eight. Some of, are, uh, how many of these are, how many of these anyway. are real breeds though? Which I've heard of that. It's not the Venezuelan part on it. Ventoso okay. horse. Okay. That, that's legit. Horse. That's legit. Okay. But anyway. Vietnamese, isn't that, isn't that really just... A Shetland pony? I mean, isn't, no, that, I mean, isn't that just a Mongolian horse, horse that just found its way into Vietnam? I don't know how. <laughs> it's, it's one of Sergeant Reckless's offspring. I was about to say. Re- Reckless, Reckless had a little little uh, rats and regurgitation over in Vietnam and... Kentucky Derby. She had Reckless. babies. This conversation she, she has it. taken a Re- hard left turn. Reckless. Yeah, Reckless. So, for those that do not know, Sergeant Reckless did have foals. There is a Sergeant it Reckless did. line out there, and it is thoroughbred and Mongolian. That sounds so much like a professional wrestler. What's that? And she was a racehorse. Sergeant Reckless. Reckless. Or Reckless. You don't know. <laughs> Sergeant Reckless. Dude? Dude? <laughs> I just had an aneurysm. Jade, you killed Ryan. <laughs> First of all, Sergeant Reckless is not a horse. She's a Marine. Yeah. A gut? And and it's not just Sergeant Reckless. If I'm not mistaken, she's Staff Sergeant Reckless. She was Staff Sergeant Reckless. This horse outranked me. And her statue is literally at the Kentucky Horse Park. And it is a beautifully done statue. She's so she's walking up the yeah. hill, and she's carrying her recoilless rifle rounds, um, and what a smart horse too! Like she didn't have to be led, but once or twice, I heard up, how you make and she would make this trip like thirty what? times by herself. That's crazy. She was special, man. She, she okay, so so but hold on before you go, Jade. I gotta say this. No, so there's a funny. I'm not sto- leaving. No, but, I mean I know, shit. but there's a I mean. funny. There's a funny story about Reckless, and that is the I think Kim Huck Moon. I think might have been the kid that sold Reckless from the racetrack to the Marines. Well, the 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 common theory is that you know he was a stable boy there, and he was trying to get money for his sister's prosthetic. But nobody can figure out, how does a stable boy at a racetrack get possession of a racehorse to be able to sell? And so the common theory is, is Reckless was never his to sell. I can see it. I, I, yeah, I don't think Reckless was his. I really don't. No. Uh, And every, every blanket. Yeah, every, every blanket that was ever made for her, she literally ate. Um, in fact, when she finally, the Marines almost got into a fist fight with some people at the dock in the U.S. because she was being held because they had to do some testing on her to make sure she didn't have any diseases or anything. And they, when they found out that one of the diseases were sexually transmitted, the Marines got highly upset because they took it as, um, that it, it was dishonorable to her. They were challenging her honor yeah. and they were, they were, one of them quoted her. out yelling, um, uh, reckless ain't no floozy. That's crazy. Yep. And like that is recorded. So then she gets to go to this big party, uh, 
and uh, where she proceeds to eat the table arrangements and her blanket that they had made for her the night before because she had ate the one that they had made her for so the party. The so they had to make her one in a hurry because she had eaten that one. Uh, yeah, so do you know what a helmet liner... Yeah, do you know what a helmet liner is? So, M1 helmets. Uh, we had them in World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. Uh, it's a two-piece deal. You had a liner, and then you had the steel shell on the outside. The liner is like cloth that has resin uh, in it. Um, and Keeps the space between yeah, the helmet. So, Reckless had a bad habit of eating people's helmet liners. Uh, she also loved scrambled eggs, Coca-Cola... But the their corpsman, uh, which is the equivalent of a medic uh, in the army, and, and a corpsman in the Marine Corps is actually naval personnel. It's Navy corpsman. That's Doc. Um, he's the most important guy there. Uh, two things that will get you unalived quicker in the Marine Corps, and that is messing with Doc or messing with LT. Um, we anyway, with LT. We always mess with LT. You can mess with LT. Uh, the, the other guys can't. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't take pop shots at LT or Doc. Yeah. Um, docs, there's been a number of docs that saved my life. Yeah. So, but so anyway, she, um, their corpsman told them that they needed to really back off the Coca-Cola, that the sugar wasn't good for her. He had a little bit of horse experience, even though he was a people medic. Um, so they needed to back off the Coca-Cola, but apparently the bacon sausage and, uh, scrambled eggs were fine. Uh, she had a bad habit of uh, finding her way in people's tents at night because it was cold as hell in Korea. And she would curl up like a dog on the floor. So she legit uh, is a dog. She liked to play with empty sea ration cans. She's legit. Reckless is legit a dog, man. Okay. Yeah, Reckless is. So the first time she ever heard a recoilless rifle fire, it's. Basically, an artillery piece is what a recoilless rifle is. It's just, it doesn't recoil like a gun. It, it's, it, it's, it's a little different. Look up a recoilless rifle. These things are loud, by the way. I mean, it's like a piece of artillery going off. So loud. Yeah, so the first time a recoilless rifle went off, she jumped all four feet off the ground. The second time she heard one go off, she flinched. By the third time, she... She was eating a helmet liner. Literally, that was the story, was she would, had eaten a discarded helmet liner. Eated. Did I just say eated? Okay, you, you just said aided. Eaten. Aided. That's how excited. <laughs> I love this horse. Okay, so so I have been looking for this segue because I watched a movie last night. It's not the first time I've watched it. I wondered how I would fit it into this podcast. Oh shit! But you made it happen. What? It wasn't so. What network? We have to. No kids listen to this. It it it, it was on net. It was on Netflix. Okay. Nick, have Nick's you, interested. Everybody that's here, have you yet watched the movie 12 Strong? Yes. The book is so 20th much better, 20th century. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. But 20th century freaking war horses. So, for those that do not know this story, can I tell it? Yes, please do. Okay. So, when right after 9-11, we actually had boots on the ground in Afghanistan. <clears throat> these guys weeks yeah weeks after these guys were your very snoop and poop type guys these were og snoop and poop type guys a lot of them were uh well a handful were cia most of them were delta 
guys. Um, and they went into Afghanistan. Uh, was it Kajikistan is where they inserted from? Yes. And they had to fly the helicopters at an altitude that those helicopters were never designed to fly at to get them there. And then when they got there, they met Dostoon. And Dostoon is an Afghan, Afghani warlord is the best way to describe Dostoon, right? Um, and he had it out for the Taliban. But had it out for the Taliban. Um, so they met with him, gave him a large sum of money, because that's what the United States does. Um, and when the guys were, you know, sitting there, and Dostoon had an army that he was going to fight, you know, the the Taliban with, um, except this army were all mounted on these little Afghan horses. And these, you know, and all of these guys are like five foot four through like five foot seven in Afghanistan. And all of these Americans are like six two, six four, uh, Delta Force, you know, special forces guys. And these saddles are like little twelve inch saddles, and they're little wood frame rickety things. And so they put these Americans on these horses. These guys literally charged these Americans, plus these, and we cannot literally forget rode them into battle. And we cannot forget what the Afghani's did as well because they were in those battles too charged leftover soviet tanks in afghanistan on horseback firing ak's between their horses ears in 2001 they fought a war for months on horseback in afghanistan americans did with afghanis in the last 20-something years. That's so crazy. And then that brings and that up the is conversation that if awesome you know, there became a need for horseback in war, what breed are they primarily sourcing from, do you think? Um, I can go ahead and tell you uh, what the United States yeah. still maintains, and that is the thoroughbred. So, you know, everybody always wants to talk about the government Morgan, right? You know, that was the United States going to be their super cavalry horse. The government Morgan was injected with, it was Morgans that were injected with heavy doses of thoroughbred and Arabian. Three government Full Morgan comes Omaha was That's why I always say. You brought that right back around. Yeah, that's why I always say government Morgans are not Morgans. Yes. In fact, he was uh, one of their major... They, In fact, the U.S. government went out, for folks that don't know, went out and were looking for high-profile racehorses in this program. The government Morgans are great horses, but it did not have the effect that they wanted. And going into World War II, though we were mechanized, we still had some horse troops out there. In fact, uh, and during the fall of the Philippines, we had horse cavalry there. Um, and they were making raids on the Japanese on thoroughbreds. Now, we, but we kept, oh, I tell you another cool one too. So we kept a handful of Cleveland bays that were breeding too. Uh, so yeah, not all the horses the United States were using were purebred thoroughbred. There were some Cleveland Bay and a little Morgan, a little this, a little there, but majority thoroughbred. Um, so yeah, we went full circle. How important <laughs> the thoroughbred is. I did. I didn't oh, realize that was the thing I love until Nick. like a month ago, and was just randomly when I'm, you know, drunk or whatever. I'll randomly look mm -hmm. up like thoroughbred facts, 
and was doing something on Omaha, and that's where it popped up was the um, the mm-hmm. Thoroughbred Breeding Bureau or Federal Breeding Bureau, I think is what it's called. And it's crazy to look at the quality of horses that they actually studded out. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Omaha went into what's called the U.S. It was it was the it was the government breeding. I forget what they called that, but basically they were breeding horses for the U.S. Army Remount Service. So there are a, a shit ton of Mustangs out on range right now that have Omaha blood. Because when the army got through with those horses in the 50s, and they realized nobody wanted to adopt them, everybody was moving to the suburbs. They said they were going to do a Mustang enrichment, and really they just dumped horses on range. There's another tidbit for you. Thousands. Thousands. some Mustang enthusiasts. There's Mustang enthusiasts out there right now seething because they think they have a conquistador's horse. No, 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 no. Really no. You've got army remount thoroughbred. Yeah, yeah. You've got a horse that 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 some sergeant called Stinky at one point in time. I mean, it's just it is what it is, folks. It is what it is. Sarah Jean Waddell knows like full well, and she's like, you know, she's she's always like, oh, I know, I know. You can look at some of these herds and be like, oh. Yeah, yeah, you're thoroughbred. But, like, you'll see thoroughbred, you'll see, you know, the, the army kept a contingent of draft horses, too. you got to move things, right? So, you know, and that was another reason, you know, I made a video recently about uh, the Lusitano. You know, the reason the Germans wanted those horses is they were restricted from having horses after World War One, except horses for work. Why would you restrict, restrict a country from having saddle horses? Because that was a way of making war, war horses so there was a, a, a decline in saddle horses in germany so they wanted these horses because they wanted to make these super horses they they wanted to make an aryan horse and everybody's going oh how can they do that they're born black it, it's nothing to do with color it just has to do with their ideology right so they wanted these horses so they went all over europe and got the finest horses they could find and that was what was so important about nirko going to the UK and not staying in Italy because Nirko would have found himself on one of those farms and probably would have been butchered by the Soviets coming in because the Soviets, out of retaliation... I believe it was World War II. And, um, you know, think about horses Mm -hmm. going through war at that time, how if you even had a pet horse, they were considered part of the state. So not only... Could your horse be killed by enemy fire? Yeah. The government could also seize it and make it a war horse without your consent. Oh, yeah. And it's one of the best parts, if you've ever seen the movie War Horse, one of the best parts of War Horse and, and, and Black Beauty is... Um, the beginning where the horses are essentially... Now, Black Beauty, I think, that movie depicts them being sold... To an officer, and that was a thing. Most officers yeah. in the in the British Army were required to buy their mount, and then in War Horse, that horse is essentially conscripted. That was also a thing during the First World War, and then we found out horses and machine guns do not go well together. Um, that was a learning curve. Yeah. Um, but if we go all the way and we fast forward to World War II, the Germans relied heavily on horses. The Soviets at times relied heavily on horses. And look how your old buddy Jader 
do what, Flo? Yeah, go ahead. Um, interestingly enough, uh, the Germans during World War II, uh, they molded their breeding program for their super war horse after the American racing breeding um, program. They I believe had, that. I think in 1933, uh, they came over to the United States. Um, his last name was Rao. He was the head of the Nazi breeding program. He was the top one. Um, he came over to the U.S. after the Olympics, and he was invited, interestingly enough, to all of the big racing barns, all of the big breeding barns, and um, he molded his breeding program after the U.S. racing industry, which in turn ended up being why we have really good warm blood breeding in Europe. Um, it actually derived mm -hmm. from Nazi Germany's breeding program, as unfortunate as mm -hmm. it is, but no, there were okay. mares. So the majority of the horses that rescued under Operation Cowboy in Czechoslovakia uh, were uh, uh, Lusitano mares, not Lusitanos, Lipizzaner mares. Lipizzaner. Uh, and, and Arabians, Polish Arabians. Polish Arabians, yeah. And, so, and, and the reason it was so important to secure those horses is for two reasons. One... Uh, there was an order given by Hitler at the end of the war to leave nothing for the German people. They didn't deserve to have anything. Two, uh, the Red Army, the Soviets coming through, weren't leaving anything. They were. They had already slaughtered an entire Lippensonner farm that they came across. And, Three, like 300 and horses. They weren't... And so, uh, obviously, I am not um, going to justify the actions of the Soviets... They weren't doing it maliciously. They were starving. So Nazi Germany obviously was doing it maliciously, not leaving the horses behind. The Soviets were like, we're hungry. Horses are livestock. We're going to eat them. So, And with most of the order that was given to you know leave nothing behind for the German people, the person that actually got that order uh, was Speer. And Speer was Hitler's architect. Um uh, he also escaped a noose, which escapes me, because he used slave labor. He's a piece of crap. Um, but Albert Speer um, said that, no, nah, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to destroy Germany, because he's lost his mind. Um, and a lot of those orders were not carried out uh, by the Germans. And, yeah, the Soviets were absolutely starving. Like, they were way ahead of their lines, uh, pushing through Europe. Uh, horses were a source of food. Um, and, uh, and that's part of it. And the other part of it was some of it was retaliation, um, because of how harsh, uh, Russians were treated by the Germans. That was another thing, not to get on a whole World War II kick, but what a lot of people don't understand is Germany could have very easily taken Russia, uh, in a year if they had just been kind when they went across the border because they were so sick of communists that they were ready for anything else. And they didn't. They went in there with a heavy fist. And those folks went with the lesser two evils. Something better than the one we know than this new cat that's just lining everybody up and shooting people. I don't like that guy. You know, so... But yeah, I mean, the we would probably live in a world that would be deprived of the lipis honors that we have um, if it hadn't been for things like Operation Cowboy. And those were Germans that came forward and said, we can't have these horses killed. We need to preserve these horses. Now, granted, the guy who was behind all that was actually the 
uh, hit guy over the Spanish riding school. He was a German officer, but before that, he was an Austrian officer in the Austrian army, and that got, he got absorbed into the Wehrmacht. Not the SS or anything like that, the Wehrmacht, and his only job was working with horses. Now, with that said, he probably used slave labor in those camps, but if it might not have been by choice. I mean, you don't you know, yeah. do you speak up and say, no, I can't use these people. They're slave labor. Oh, you know. And he also came in when he was a dressage rider in um, the Olympics before World War II. Mm -hmm. um, and he lost to two German cavalry officers because obviously the Olympics were in Germany, so he wasn't going to win. He was riding a thoroughbred when he came in third place. He got the bronze medal, and he was riding a thoroughbred in the Olympics in dressage. So you know another little tidbit about that? So he met with George Patton. Uh, started yes, out, and George Patton is a renowned horseman uh so it was you actually had two olympians meeting face to face because most people don't know george Patton competed in the 1912 olympics in the pentathlon and just like that your no, old buddy jade I, brought I this thing a full circle i know we I'm bored so. nick to death <laughs> that, and this is why i love the this is why i do what i do and i love the history of all this and everybody says oh you need to do more episodes where you talk about all that I might do that one day. I, tune, tune into any of them. Yeah, I usually you'll get history at some point. I'll jump down a rabbit hole. I am such a nerd. Yeah. I'm I'm the same way. I'm the same way. You know, I, I've watched War Hor or uh, Twelve Strong. I I, I I I couldn't even tell you how many times. I love it, but uh, it was on Netflix. I watched it last night, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah, those guys and be. those horses were freaking awesome. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, because it was real. Read the book. I mean, you you go to you go to the Twin Towers, you know, nine eleven Ground Zero, and there's a statue mo memorial for these guys on horseback. The uh, it was and that's awesome. It's just nuts. Like none of these guys had like you had a handful of guys that had horse experience, but the whole majority of them did not. Like they got a crash course on. On these horses, well, and we're giving a rifle and said, "By the way, you got to shoot between your ears because we're charging head on." Attack alone, but that would be an adjustment for an experienced horse person, let alone someone that doesn't have. Oh my gosh! Yes. If if you want an accurate if you want an accurate depiction, I know it's on Hulu. Um, look up Brothers of Legion. That's a documentary yes. of the actual guys that did. So that. there was an actual conversation that happened between Dostoon and uh, one of the special forces guys who were laser designating a target for an aircraft to come in and drop bombs on. And and this guy with the laser designator looked at Dostoon and he goes, "Won't these bombs scare the scare the horses?" And Dostoon goes, "No, they'll know it's American bombs." Love it. Like yeah. he literally says yeah. that. Like not just and, in the movie, and, and just Dostoon actually said that. No, they'll and, and know just they're American the bombs. And, and just for the record, the the what is the lead character in the movie? In reality, he is a cowboy mounted shooter. Mm -hmm. He really does that stuff. I mean, it's it's. But it was luck it, of the draw because none of these guys knew they were going to go and be put on horseback. Yeah. This is the reason today why the Marine Corps and the Army now train specific units 
on how to pack out horses and mules, how to ride, because you never know when you're going to get into a situation where you're going to need, uh, what, what do they call that local, uh, they have a name, uh, they have a name for it. I forget what it's called. A simulation. Or local transportation. I don't know. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. But you know, you're not going to get some of these vehicles we use up sheer mountain faces and these little horses could do it and they did it. So, yeah. With, on that note, though, anyway, <laughs> they also had a course in the Marine Corps um, where you could go. Um, it, they called it a basic horsemanship course where you had to learn how to ride a horse, pack a horse, how to take care of a horse over long distance. It was very interesting. I did not get to go, but I think um, the majority of the branches have that. Aren't our horses just flipping amazing now? I mean, it's absolutely like, just the 20th century. A and there's still war horses out all there. All animals. It makes sense. It, it really does. Well, and, and that was the whole reason. That was the whole reason I even brought this up, you know, is because. You know, here we are in this point, you know, in our world, this point in history, and horses still have and still play such an important role. Because you look at it, you know, post 9-11, when you're thinking about it, you're like, yeah, that's been a while ago. But it's not. I don't know, man. When you're my age, it was like it was just, I don't know, wasn't that a couple years ago? I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, but I'm about to bring it really, really full circle. You ready for it? You know, we, we look at all the things that we ask horses to do for us. So it's only right that we have questions when things happen to them. Yes. On that bombshell. Thank y'all so much for for setting in. I knew this was not going to just be a derby recap. And I'm so glad it wasn't. Of course not. I'm so glad it wasn't. I got a little bit of editing to do. I got got a little soapbox. Yeah, I might might need to just... You know what? I might just let it ride. Leave it in. Just leave Leave it. Leave it in. Just go. I I don't think anybody said anything out the way that anybody with a brain wouldn't agree with. And, it, and again, I'm going to go ahead and I'll go ahead and drop this out there for everybody. Doesn't mean that we hate or dislike or we're against or anything. It's just I think everyone, even my industry, should be held to the same standard uh, of the next industry, of the racing industry. You know, Absolutely. it's only because they have the spotlight on them and we don't have it on us. It's the only reason anybody is really up in arms. But right now, Everyone's got questions. Everyone should be a little upset. We want to know why. We want to know why. But we should be asking the same questions. If we're going to ask the same questions to the racing industry, we need to ask it to the rodeo industry. We need to ask it to the sport horse industry, the endurance industry, all of the industries. But it, it, but some of those industries have a lot of testing, a lot of evaluations going on, and you don't see it as often. But in some of them, they fly by night and under the radar. They say they do and they don't. And my industry is guilty of that. So think about it, folks, where you get mad at me and send me a nasty email or go looking for one of these fine folks here. Um, we don't hate our own industries. We love our industries. But we're critical because we do love them and we want them to, at a higher standard than what they might be right now. 
We want we want them They're to be made better. We want them to be better because we want our children Every to be one involved of them. with them. You know, we want our grandchildren to be involved with them. We, that's right. Yeah. There there is no there is no ceiling. Yeah, there's no ceiling in this. You think you might have all the bases covered, then you need to find new bases to cover. It's as simple as that. We can't yep. ask these equine athletes because that's what they are. They are equine athletes. We cannot ask them to do the things we ask them and not question when something terrible happens. They're, they're, they're above and beyond being able to ask them to do things that we wouldn't do. Yeah, and for everybody out there, too, I had somebody leave a comment that says, you know, <clears throat> why do you care? It's not your horse. I'm like, I care because... One ripple effect. That's that's a real thing. Uh, and two, yep. last I checked, horse horses do not have a voice. We have to be their voice. If exactly. if this was a person, yeah, it, you know. Now, if this were if this were people randomly dropping dead, I would be just as concerned because they no longer have a voice because they are dead. We would want to know why are they yeah. dead. Now, if it's somebody else, just my neighbor doing something stupid and offed himself. I'm sorry, he was doing something stupid and he often stuff. It's not my business. I feel sorry for that family. You see what I'm saying? He had a voice. He could make up his own decision to jump off head first off of his roof. I could try to talk him out of it, but it is what it is at this point, right? These horses have well, no voice. It's no different than it's and it's no different than any other animal. You know, me with my dogs, our field trials. You know, I I I'm not gonna consider them any more or less than any other animal or person. No. I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to. I almost stopped a company truck in some random dude's yard one day because I saw him chasing a dog with a big stick in his hand trying to hit it. Yep. I was I was like, let me out. Let me out this truck right now. Like, no, don't get shot over a dog. And I'm like, Okay, I'll, I'll get shot over a dog. I'd much rather go out like that than old age, folks. I'm sorry. So to say we don't have a heart or we don't care because of whatever industry we're in, that's a that's a bold-faced lie. We do care. Because or we wouldn't be in it. We want to make it better. We want to make it better so it's, so it's sustainable. So, I mean, there isn't a ceiling on that yeah, either. And we have to the more pretending. we learn, the more we'll get better. And when we look back, even now, 20 years from now, we may look at some of these things and be like, side-eyeing. Well, um, but it's because we're growing with the knowledge that we have. Yeah. Well, just like we were talking about the 70s. Like, we would look back on the methodology of the 70s and cringe. But the 70s were looking back, you know, at the decades before it and cringing. You know, so we can't look back and go, oh, the 70s were the worst. You know, we had all these horses that were running. Them. Well, at the time, they didn't know. I was just about well, to we, say. Well, we, we didn't know we what we know, at least. Yeah, and it's not a new problem that we're facing. Like, we can look back and say, oh, well, we didn't have horses drop dead. Like, we did. We didn't know about it. We, oh, Forte got scratched because of a bruise. Listen, Sham should have gotten scratched from the Preakness and the Belmont after he hit his head 
on the starting gate and knock yes. the tooth out. Like this isn't something that is brand new into the industry and that all of a sudden horses are dropping dead and horses are breaking down. No, no, no. This has been happening. We're getting better at making sure it doesn't happen and investigating why and making it better, safer, everything. This oh, is the growing you, pains and we just got to keep going. You you bring up something. You bring up something. No rabbit hole, but I just want to say this. Can we appreciate the fact that Sham ran the Preakness straight up Secretariat's ass that entire race with a mouthful of blood. Yeah. That's a war horse. Oh well, my gosh. And, and, and here's the thing. You know, horse racing in Kentucky has been going since the 1700s. You know, what we know now, and, and even what we've known in the last 30 years, is leaps and bounds above what they knew back then it, it, it's a constant battle and it, it's a constant awareness Listen, what we know now is daylight and dark and leaps and bounds from what we knew in the 90s absolutely absolutely i mean even all the way down you know. to uh the drugs we use to the therapies that we use to the prognosis of injuries like there were injuries in the 90s that would have just been instant euthanasia the yeah, kindest thing possible some of those injuries and, and, today, and I, we go, no, I, this is not major whatsoever. They will make a full recovery. And, and it, oh, well, I was just going to say, you know, if you if you look back on things, things from the 1700s to the 1970s, what we know from the 1970s to now is leaps and, and bounds say, if anyone is beyond Maybe the we're just feeling it better and we're not yeah. seeing it as much. The jockey, the jockey Club does publish the injury database, and you can track that since 2009, our rate of injury has gone down 60%. And since 2018, it's gone down 30%. Yeah. That's yeah, that's huge. It's a different world. And while some industries, I'd say their injury percentage has gone up. And it's not the racing industry. Yes. Yeah. FYI. Yes. And it's my folks. I'll go to tell you, and I'm not saying, not, not, not barrel racers, but I'm saying just a lot of the Western industry as a whole, because the, the foresight for none of this is in place. Like, the testing is not in place. The screening of horses is not in place. You know, you know, most events don't even have a vet there. You know, I'm I'm lucky that I was very fortunate that I got to to race with my vet there because my vet was also entered in the races. I mean, you know, it. I would almost say that if you took the same number of racehorses, high caliber racehorses, and the same number of just backyard horses. There's nothing wrong with having a backyard horse. And then at the end of the year, you looked at who had the most injuries, who had the vet out most. I'd say the backyard horses. They're going to get hung in a fence, hit their head on something, colic, step in something. Show horses. Yeah. The show horses. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And we're not making excuses. These, these are not excuses yeah. for anything that took place. Again, we all have questions that we all want answers to. We are upset. But I'm just saying, 
shine the light in some other corners of this room and it will scare you. 100%. It will scare you. But guys, this has been an awesome episode. Always a pleasure to see everyone. I get to see Jade all the time, so it don't matter. That's Marty Raver's bass player. You get to hear from me. I least. get to hear from I usually talk. I talk to you daily. So it's okay. I haven't talked to you on the phone in the last two days, and I felt kind of lonely. I didn't sleep well last night. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't go to bed. To the, I didn't go to bed to the sound of that, that, that deep Appalachia accent. That that Pike that, that Pike County croon. Hey, I, I'm gonna say, I have enjoyed the hell out of the two folks on this podcast. We we the four of us could do a podcast together every week, and I would be a hundred percent okay with it. We we got to uh, we got to make it a habit um, and get you guys on more often, and uh, and, and talk Working talk right, some yeah. stuff. I know, uh, Nick, you're an aspiring eventer, correct? Working on it. Flo, you've evented before, right? Oh, goodness, no. I don't run at solid objects. No, that's not Oh, uh, that's not you. Okay. <laughs> I, I was trying to think, you know. No, no. I, 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 I was going to say, bring her up to Rolex. We'll have lunch with Nick. Yeah. All good. Uh, we'll have lunch with I Nick. I you know, Until Boyd Martin shows up and I'm ditching all of you. So, so funny story, real quick before we go. So Forrest, the uh, owner of Herd of Zebras, um, she was uh, walking through at Three Day, and I've, she said, and a very nice gentleman held the door for her. She turned around, and she looked to say thank you, and it was Boyd Martin. And she just goes, oh, uh, hello, Boyd Martin. And he just goes, hello, <laughs> and uh, just walks away. And then she just proceeded to text me. Like everything, <laughs> I was like, you know, I met him in a grocery store and I met him at Publix and Aiken one time. And I always say it's how people act when they don't think anyone's watching is how you can really judge character. And he was having the most polite, funny conversation with the I gal behind him. He is such a genuine, cool human being. Who? He is. Yeah, I, I want to be bored Martin. I grow up. You know, most most straight men are out there going, well, you know, I'm straight, but Ryan Reynolds. I'm out here going, I'm straight, but Boyd Martin. Uh, who is the other yes. Australian guy? Him and Boyd are good friends. Um, the guy from the uh, Road to the Horse this no. year? No, no, no. This guy's Boyd another 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 jumping fellow. Uh, I can't remember his Fox name. Mm-mm. Some other guy, because everybody was saying that him and uh, he's also an Olympian. Um, he's he's American, Philip Dutton. Philip Dutton. I thought he was Australian. No, he's he's American. Well, I mean, if you ask Boyd Martin, he's American. Boyd Martin because uh, Boyd Martin <laughs> Boyd Martin is not American. Boyd Martin is American. Google, here we come. Oh no, God, Philip Dunn is Boyd Australian. That's what I thought. So yeah. I always said that there yeah. needed to be an episode of Yellowstone where Boyd Martin and Philip Dutton are both there and they're having an argument about who's more American, even though they're both Aussies. <laughs> 
Yeah. There, there needs to be an episode of... Oh, yeah, because, I mean, they're American. There needs to be a Yellowstone episode with just the four it's, of no, us. No, do it on that new Four Sixes spinoff, and it's Jimmy. And Jimmy walks up on this conversation. He's like, he's like, but you're both Australian. And they just turn around, and they just like crack Australian jokes. I didn't talk about how American they are. Boyd Martin goes, I'll show you how American. And he comes back with the suit. You know, the, the American flag suit. <laughs> Boyd Martin also, in the area commercials, doing full Western stuff, and then getting on a, a reigning horse. That Jimmy's my jammy, and I'm 100% straight male. <laughs> Call me whatever you will. I want to be Boyd Martin's best friend. I hope he listens to this. I really do. I do, too. I hope he does, and he's like, I got to come on. Or he probably won't come on now. He's like, that's slightly creepy, mate. <laughs> Uh, he, uh, I like that. Mate. Yeah, he, he well, he's an Aiken. Uh, he used to be Aiken relatively often. He, he's not so much anymore. Um, yeah. And so you'd see him, you know, you'd see him out and about, or somebody'd be like, "Oh yeah, I was at a barn party, and the Martin showed up." Um, it, but it, you were talking earlier about. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mark Clip. Um, no, but no, uh, <laughs> but you're talking about just how pleasant they were. <laughs> like they just come in, they're just always smiles and was genuinely concerned about how their day was going and all that stuff. I'm like, my God. I just wanted- so you were talking earlier about the, the Derby and everything and Rudin Riddle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Rudin Riddle is my emergency vet. They've been out here a couple times, you know, and, uh, I paid too much, you know, to them, way yet, too much yet right one now. more connection to the Derby, you know, my, My only fault... 100%. I agree. I agree. My only fault anyway, with Rune Riddle is that mayor program they've got. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my primary vet, you know, and, and I don't blame... Because they take, they take anything you know? over there for for the... for the uh, What are they? Um, the surrogate mayors. Yeah. That, that's, pretty, yeah. that's pretty rough over there. I just... I got the inside scoop on yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But Rude and well, Riddle is know, amazing. Rude, Let's just call a spade a spade here. Rude and Riddle is amazing. I will say they do amazing. give amazing. I, I mean, I, I, I have no complaints. Yeah, I, I have no complaints except to my pocketbook. You know, I mean, it's that they've been great. My primary vet, that's their, he, that's his on-call people. You know, if I'm not available. Call and Rude like and Riddle, said, yeah. you know, and I've had them out here. They, they've done great well, with is, my horses. We take for granted here. I had my first. But so the two pack combo of both of those is absolutely insane. Well, and then you've got you've and always Martin. got the fallback yeah. of University of Kentucky. Well, see here we don't have yeah. Rude and Riddle, yeah. but we've got University of Georgia, which has a hell, which is a hell of a equine program over there good friend of mine just had surgery uh done to a merit university of georgia and i walked in that barn and it's like walking into a hospital there's monitors up there's a nurse's station like with uh it's got all the horses vitals behind them where they can turn just like in a hospital you know and i'm like i've never i've never been in a barn where i wanted to eat off the floor on my tiktok i have a video of and like well you know and that's pretty standard for all of these universities 
all of these really high level places. Yeah, you're going to see something similar at University of Kentucky, University of Georgia, Texas A&M, especially UC Davis. Um, you know, um, Auburn, Ohio State. At yeah, yeah, at these schools that have have ag programs where they have yeah. uh, uh, a veterinary science program, you're you're going to see this, and it is well, amazing. And it's the coolest thing. Nick, n- Nick probably knows who I'm talking about. For years, I used Park Equine. For me, yeah, with with Park, my uh, my first cousin, her husband, was a vet with Park Equine, so that's who I always used. Well, he he passed away from cancer, a brain tumor. My my cousin's husband did, 36 years old, and uh, I went with the next best thing, um, which was an associate of his at the time. Well, he has kids. He's doing his own thing. You know, I and, and I don't blame him. You know, when you're dealing with horses, it's a 24/7 job if you allow it to be. Yeah. And and he wants, you know, he wants his family time. He wants his time with kids. So his his uh alternate is Rude and Riddle. And uh, you know, they they've been out here on a Saturday at 7 o'clock, which is not cheap. But they did an awesome job. Awesome job. Awesome work. Well, I don't have Rude and Riddle, but I got Ridgehaven Equine in the big metropolis of Ridge Springs, South Carolina. Dr. Dr. Tegan Jagabone's a good friend of mine. Takes really good care of me. Rude and Riddle, you can uh, thank me for that advertising. Tegan, Tegan, you're better than Rude and Riddle. Don't let them lie on you. What's that? Uh, uh. No. Look at that. And he Look has a TikTok. He's, he's a t- barrier DVM or something. Is like he that. the maggot guy? Okay. Craig nope. Lesser. Yep, he's the nice. head of, who, who, who is it now? There. Craig Lesser. Craig. Uh, is he with Rude and Riddle? Probably. I'd hit him up. I'm trying you think, to you I'm, think. I'm trying you to think, think Craig would want to come on and talk about uh, foot care? Hit him! I don't know. Hit him up! Hit him up! We'll I'm, I'm trying to think. In here. I'm trying to think when my when my daughter's walking horse had her choke. Yep. We had Rude and Riddle out, and I I can't remember okay. who that was that we had out. With a little bit of research, I could I could just, figure just out look who at it the was. bill, see who you're paying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but 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 they did awesome. My it's funny my across the road neighbors were the ones that told me, hey, your horse is choking because I was out of town. And as luck would have it, the 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 vet that came out, you know, when I called Rude and Riddle, they were like, hey, that's our everyday vet. And I'm like, well, that works out even better. Well, you, um, well y'all, I hate to leave good company, but I got to work tomorrow. Flo's got to breeze ponies. Got horses to Je- breeze. Jade's got bourbon to drink. And kids to get to school. And kids to get to school. So I yep. get to work a glorious half day tomorrow because nobody else can pick up my girls but me. So that's awesome. That's my excuse. 
So again, thank you all so much for for coming on. Uh, that's your derby recap and so much more. Again, congratulations. To, <laughs> I was going to say a lot, a lot more. Congratulations to Mage. Uh, I hope what we saw is a super horse in the making. I, that horse. I hope that horse is as special as he looked on Saturday. Um, that didn't look like a fluke to me. So, but on that note, guys, anybody got any last words? No, nothing. Damn, you're tired. I guess two hours and 15 minutes to hey, do that to you. Hey, enjoy your horses. Yeah, enjoy your horses. Take Go love them. Boop, enjoy. boop the snoot. Give them a carrot. Give them their favorite treat. Tell them you love them. Um, they're not here forever. Yes, there you go. Absolutely. Take a video of you booping the snoot. Tag me, uh, Nick Morris, Flo Smorgoner, Jade Reigns. All their contact info will be in the notes of this episode. Uh, also, check out all of our wonderful sponsors. Uh, make a donation to App- uh, the Appalachian Legacy Initiative. Uh, buy a t-shirt from me. I got ponies to feed. And uh, we will catch all you guys later.